0: Welcome to Bite Size Bible Studies. I'm Luke Gradless. been gone for a while, but we're back and we're continuing our journey through the book of 1 Peter. We're now in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And in this section, we are reminded, and as you look back at the book, right, several topics have been discussed, but coming into chapter 3 here, Peter had touched on this topic of suffering. And it's been a common theme in the book. How, how do we respond to suffering? How do we keep suffering in pop, pro, uh, proper perspective? And in 18, he goes back to remind us that when we suffer, we suffer in good company, right? Part of being a Christian is suffering. And, and I think this is a very important thing for you and I to keep at the forefront of our minds, uh, especially, I think, for American Christians, where it has been so easy to be a comfortable Christian. Right? You can be someone who loves Jesus Christ, who worships Jesus Christ, who uh, gives a life to Jesus Christ. And yet, for the most part, our society has allowed us to roam freely, speak freely, worship freely, make good money, live in comfort, live in wealth, enjoy freedoms. And so there has been very little price paid by American Christians because of their faith. And what we're starting to see is that culture shifting a bit. And so things are going to get harder. Things are going to get tougher. There's going to be more pushback on those who are truly disciples of Jesus Christ. And so in that midst of suffering, Christians can't get weak, and Christians should be surprised. If you go read the Gospels and just read the Bible, nowhere will you ever walk away with the impression that suffering isn't part of life and that especially That there won't be suffering for those who are loyal to God, faithful to God, and who serve God. In fact, everywhere you turn, those who serve God well often are persecuted more. The enemy comes after you. And this world that we live in is built on sin. So the more holy you are, the more righteous you are, the more you pursue God, the more at odds you will be with what is around you, and the more at odds you will be with the enemy. And so that means normally more suffering is coming your way, not less. And so my hope and prayer for you is that we read passages like this, is that we don't see as things get tough, that we shrivel up, that we that we become afraid, that we get terrified, but rather that in the midst of the darkness, our light shines brighter, right? As the good book tells us, right? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it tough times, persecution, that's when Christians should stand out and shine the most. And so in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, Peter reminds us of Christ again and his suffering. He says in verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive by the spirit. And so he reminds us, the suffering is not unique to you. And in fact, your Savior, he went through this. And when he went through this, there was a purpose, there was a reason, and it was the most unjust suffering there ever was, right? For Christ suffered once for sins. Why? He was just. He died for the unjust. You and I can't say that, right? When pain and hurt comes our way, we're sinners in a sinful world. The very best of us, guess what? We still deserve the pain and hurt. We still deserve death. We still deserve the worst because we're broken, sinful things. Christ didn't deserve that. Christ was just, and yet he suffered. Why? He suffered for the unjust. And for what purpose? That he might bring you and I to God. That you he might bring you and I to God. How beautiful is that to know? That he, being just, died for the unjust. And why? For you and for me. This is why we should always be willing to give God everything we have and everything we are. Because he's given us everything. When we were his enemies, he died for us. And so the motivation of a Christian should not be that I'm trying to earn salvation with good works and so I'm chasing after this goal. No, the motivation of a Christian is I have already been given the gift. I have already been given more than I could have ever dreamed of having. And because that generosity and that love has been shown to me, I will from here on out give everything I have to try to be worthy of that gift that was given me. It's that positive motivation that drives us. And, and so that's what Peter's reminding us of. You're not alone when you suffer. Your Lord, your Master, your leader, he suffered. And he did so for no reason other than to save you. So take hope in that. And then he reminds us that that victory that Christ has, right? He says, He was put to death in the flesh, but He was made alive by the Spirit right? God resurrected him, right? God rose him from the the pain and the hurt and the death of the cross and brought him new life. If God can overcome that darkness, if God can overcome that death, there's no death he can't face. And in fact, in 19, then he talks to the glory that was in that, right? By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in the abyss and in prison who formerly were disobedient, When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, well, the ark was being prepared in which a few, what is it? Eight souls were saved through water. So what's he saying? He's saying in between Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus goes into the abyss. He goes into Sheol. He goes into this place where the, the imprisoned demons are, the ones that had led to all of the evil times that were occurring in the times of Noah. And he proclaims his victory. Right. He proclaims his victory. My death on that cross was not loss, it was win. What you thought was the darkest day was the brightest. Christ declares that victory. And just as Noah was saved by those flood waters, he reminds us in 21, it's kind of like what you and I go through. There is also an antitype, which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. What's he saying? He's saying, when we look at that flood and we see Noah and his family and, and all the dirt and sin and destruction is washed away and him and his family are lifted up by God's power and God's love, it's similar to what you and I experience through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that we are washed clean in baptism from our sinful desires, our sinful lives. We are resurrected in a new life that is in the spirit of Jesus Christ. And he says, who has gone into heaven. He says, so jumping back a little bit, 21, he said, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. And so I think, brothers and sisters, what what I take a lot from this passage is we have to have proper perspective. It is just so easy, so easy to let the trials and tribulations and the annoyances of your day-to-day life consume you and make you feel like that's the whole world, all right? All, all these to-do lists, all these action items you're behind on, all these little nu- nu- uh, nuances or I'm sorry, nuisances that come from people in the world, um, they can weigh on you, they can drag you down, they can just kind of pile upon you. And it's easy to let all that stuff press in upon you where you start to think that that's everything, that's the whole world, and that's, that's the big picture. And what Peter is doing here is sucking you out of that, waking you up to remember, hey, wait a second. Just wait a second. I'm betting the persecution you're going through, I'm betting the trial you're going through, if we really have perspective, it's probably not that bad. And even if it is, if we compare what Jesus Christ has done for you that he was just and he died for you, that he rose you from your sins, that in through baptism has washed away your sins and has now elevated you, right? He's washed you clean, covered you in his righteousness and led you to be adopted by God the Father. If we remember those things, I'm betting it starts to put all the daily pressures into a different perspective where we start to realize I'm so blessed. I am so unbelievably blessed. And God has already done so much for me and led me through so much that if he can lead me through those dark days, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind he can lead me through what I'm facing today. And so, brothers and sisters, I think what we've got to take courage in is when we suffer, we don't suffer alone. Suffering draws us closer to Christ. It's something he did for us. And when we suffer, we don't suffer alone. We suffer with him right by our side. And he will give us the strength. He will give us the courage. He will give us everything we need to get through. Doesn't mean it will be easy. Doesn't mean it will be fun. But he will give us everything we need to get through. So take heart. Be courageous. Keep that perspective. Remember, you've already been given so much that if God were to never give you another thing In your entire life, you would have more than enough to praise him from here to eternity. He is a wonderful and great and gracious God. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. May God bless you. May God use you. And we will see you soon.